Welcome to this week's We Move podcast. Today's conversation marks a gentle beginning to a discovery in our own lives that has become increasingly important to us in our journey of making sense of the world of physical culture and this contemporary drive for measuring success based on our level of intensity. And what we're increasingly experiencing is actually the opposite when we spend time with those people that we respect and admire for doing what they're doing, have done, created what they have created or are creating. I'm really setting a new course for living a life of purpose and intention. And it's that word. They're living with intention as opposed to living intensely and applying a generous dose of self-care in order to nourish their physical and mental states. And this results in an ability to listen and feel the innate wisdom that we all have within our bodies to guide us in how we live, train, move, work, and also be in relationship with ourselves and one another. And this conversation, like so many that we seem to have, has come out, come about through a chance purchase in this case by Chris of a very simple and unassuming zine in a design store in Austin, Texas, 12 months prior to recording this episode. And it made such a great impact on Chris and vicariously myself that it was really important to reach out to the author who happened to be based in LA where we were going to visit on our last trip to the US. And the author is Mary Beth Helen, who writes and creates tools for reconnecting with the intuitive centers that help to guide us and that help to shine a bit of light as we traverse our path through the world and find the courage to explore what is self-supporting for each of us. And for Mary Beth, these discoveries came through her own learning that we need a true support network to heal and develop ourselves and that we can't do it alone And as Marybeth rightly says, we don't need to. Having spent nearly a decade herself learning from the wisdom of the plants, which have become the foundation of her work in guiding ourselves back to the wisdom of our own body and intuition, she now has created a platform of zines, workshops, weekly newsletters and other products to offer an invitation to come into a deeper self-awareness with ourselves as a path towards aligned self-healing by reconnecting with our own individual truth and how this truth is an essential thread in the collective web of healing we're all weaving together. Now the conversation touches many subjects from the power of the plants, the respect they're due and the respect that we must have for our own selves to allow healing and growth to flourish. We touch on ayahuasca and psychedelic plant medicines but we also touch on the more gentler accessible less exciting uh, but no less powerful plants so this might bring up some ideas about the tea you choose to drink about how you choose to look at plants and the connection we each have with the natural world while the episode as a whole connects dots from previous podcasts, encouraging a gentler, more connected approach to developing our physical, mental and connected selves and a move towards a world where we live with intention rather than a world that we live in tension with ourselves and others. So enjoy the episode. We'll share the links on our website to Marybeth Zines and website. And as always, share this episode with those you feel it might resonate with. Enjoy and peace. Marybeth, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for coming to LA. Oh, <laughs> always a pleasure. Yeah, you don't need to thank us for that. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you came just for me, but <laughs> it's nice to see you. So um, I was just saying beforehand and to, to maybe give some context at the beginning of the podcast, um, came across your work this time last year when we came out for 
our annual trip to the States and we found ourselves in Austin uh, podcasting with a friend of ours called Lindsay and we had an afternoon spare and we were walking around the neighborhoods and we came across some weird little design store uh, which is fantastic and we both spent a bunch of money in there <laughs> <laughs> scarves and matcha bowls and <laughs> and one of the things we picked up was uh, your zine your wise body and uh, I think we actually picked up separately um, and then <laughs> throughout the period of being that, that store, it's like, oh, you, you should go and check out that, uh, should go check out that zine. And it's like, oh, yeah, I've just checked out that zine. <laughs> um, and so, so I, I purchased it and spent some time with it and found you online via Instagram, I think, and, and then subscribed to your newsletter, which I've been receiving all year and just really loved it and really resonated with the words. And so when I knew that, when I had seen on your on your social media or, or on the newsletter that you're in LA and I knew that we were coming back. I, I wanted to reach out and um, have a conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe I could start with just reading some of the words in, in this uh, zine, Your Wise Body, just to kind of give some context uh, maybe of yeah, what, sure. what I liked. <laughs> uh, so there's a passage here titled Living in a Body. Um, For a long time, living in this human body, I've experienced an ever-evolving relationship to chronic illness. A chronic illness that is often considered no big deal or the worst, all in my head. Most days I'm affected emotionally, physically and mentally by this no big deal. For a long time I fought this body, I cried over this body, I asked this body why. I pretended I had a different body, I imagined the body more whole, more resilient, more beautiful, stronger, healed. It is a daily practice to show up for ourselves, whatever that means for each of us. In navigating how to show up, we learn to find our toolkit for living. Can it be enough? This process of becoming, of healing, of learning to know ourselves and what we are capable of through this kind of nurturing. This living with compassion, attention and in connection to the experiences that guide us forward. Uh, skipping forward a few paragraphs here. The process of coming back to my body over and over has guided me to living in rhythm with the medicine of the earth. This remembering of where I've come from has brought me into deeper connection to this incredible vessel that holds and transforms all of this information into beating, breathing life on a daily basis, every single moment. To be honest, I haven't arrived anywhere. I was reminded recently that balance is not a place where we ever really arrive. Balance is our body, right here, existing among everything we experience in our lives every moment of every day. I've learned this sitting among a grove of redwoods, witnessing the ocean recede into itself and staring longingly across a field of wildflowers that found home with whichever way the wind blew. I've loved and lost, felt misguided and misunderstood, but when I reflect on the process of healing, of letting the shifts in my body guide how I choose to self-care, I realize that within all of it, I'm learning to know my body as a place to come home to, to keep trusting and growing and opening with a gentle awareness and a deep respect for the process. It is a process. Uh, skipping forward to another, uh, another section titled A Moment of Reflection. How does my body feel right now? What does my body need? How can I best support what my body needs? If my body had a voice, what would it say right now? How is my breathing? Breathe deep into your heart space, into your heart space, and continue. So I read those words somewhere in Austin, or somewhere on a plane, or somewhere in England. They continue to read your words, and I was just really touched by it because when we started, we move. We had this 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 intention, and we still do, to inspire and nurture through movement. But it's also come at a, a point in time where we both kind of radically changed our lives and went through transformations. Be it uh, moving from one career to another, or letting go of one partner and moving to another partner or living in different parts of the world and 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 whilst movement was always the thing to begin uh, well whilst movement was the thing to begin with we we kind of came to realize it was just the tool to continue to strip away things to strip away identities and and to realize or to learn how to know thyself and that's quite painful <laughs> really painful yeah more so sometimes than others because those identities go so deep and then you get left with a void mm. <laughs> and then you start to feel it in the body mm -hmm. <laughs> or you feel it in other ways and certainly in my in my my case sitting with that discomfort is ex extremely hard and i am a master at distraction <laughs> and i'm also a master at running and i can run really fast and i always run and so <laughs> just just trying to learn to not run and to and to let let to hear that innate wisdom it's a process to learn that because I've never been taught it 
Mm. Well, we've never been taught it yeah, no. as a society <laughs> at home. So anyway, it's a really long intro <laughs> as to why, why you know, when we came to LA, I, I wanted to come and spend some time with you to have a conversation. I have no idea where it goes or how it goes, <laughs> but just to, just to, to meet. It's life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Truly. Yeah, well, I used to spend a lot of time just the, you talking about running. And I spent so much time in my life moving around from house to house, partner to partner, job to job, identity to identity. And um, a lot of times it was inspired by like other people's paths. So I was like, oh, my friend's farming and I like the earth, I should probably farm. <laughs> and so I ended up moving to this farm in New England. And that's kind of the first time I real my body was like, this is not right. And I feel like I was kind of like halted, like my body like kind of broke down, I think because of stress and just like years of this kind of like uprooting and uprooting and not really taking the time to look within. Um, and so it was interesting hearing my words reflected back to me about chronic illness and I've lived with some form of that for a very long time and it's been a bit of a mystery and it's been diagnosed as different things but working on that farm was the first time where I felt really afraid that if I didn't start listening to my body that it I didn't know what was going to happen that it wasn't going to hold me and support me anymore in the ways that I was kind of pushing it to do so and so that's the first time I kind of had to like slow down and start listening and I had this naturopath I had never seen like a natural doctor before and she started asking me these kind of really hard questions like who are you basically <laughs> and I was like I don't know who I am you know but it was like this really powerful time where I was like oh like I actually can I can decide who I am like I can make that decision I don't have to look to what everyone else is doing around me and it's actually killing me to do that because my body is receptive and it's wise and it has it knows what it needs and I'm like denying it of that so during that time there was a bookkeeper who lived on the farm and they were going away for two weeks and they were like stay in our cottage in this like beautiful place in the woods in New Hampshire and I was like okay because basically the naturopath was like you have to get off the farm like I don't know what you have to do, but you have to get off the farm. So I was like, okay, I'm getting off the farm. This is my path out. And I stayed in this house, and it was like, I was just by myself with these dogs, but like just by myself. And like, I think I tried to force myself into those situations by like, I traveled to Europe for three months by myself, and I was miserable. And I was like, this is not, I still don't know who I am, you know? But I ended up in this little cabin in the woods and I would walk to this lake every day and there were like bald eagles and it was just this time of like deeply connecting with the rhythms of nature and the rhythms of myself and seeing those things as connected instead of like on the farm I had really beautiful experiences but I wasn't like I was afraid and I wasn't really pr able to be present and so this was like the first time kind of like the it feels like the beginning of this journey <laughs> that you've just reflected back to yeah. me in these words um yeah <laughs> and so from there I kind of started getting into more like I w I've always considered myself a spiritual person and interested in it but I started receiving Reiki and doing yoga and really spending more time outside with the plants and it really like being in that space of reflection kind of started to lead me back to like okay this is who I am and this is how I can kind of like uncover like the silence and the stillness is actually a more direct path back to myself but like you're saying, I had to like sit with all these demons <laughs> and darknesses <laughs> that are also like, I kind of had to move through those things first. And what I'm learning is like, I'm still 
moving, I'm always meeting those parts of myself. Mm. It, they didn't like go away. <laughs> I've just learned how to be with them a little more compassionately. <laughs> do you think actually, uh, do, is, it, is it the case then that um, going to the cottage, going to the woods allows those, those demons, to, to use that word, to come up, <laughs> but then allows you, because you're in isolation, doesn't allow you to be able to run away from them. And the reason why I say that is because I live in London, and so if I choose, and I probably subconsciously choose to be busy all the time, mm. there's never the space for them to come up. And then if in that rare moment where they do come up, well, you know, I live in the center of London. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you know I, I live in one of the busiest cities, well, the busiest city in England and in the world. And, and so if they do come up, it's like, well, you know, I can not really face these because I can distract myself from them. So, I, so I, I guess just not having the option for them to come up is maybe there, maybe not there, and then the option to face them is maybe there, maybe not there. Yeah, I've always lived in cities. So just the cottage thing was like a gift from the universe mm. for me to like wake up, I think. But um, I mean, I've mostly had to do that in cities and I don't know, living with chronic illness, and waking up every day and not really knowing how I'm gonna feel is kind of like, it has slowed me down no matter where I live. And um, I guess what I've tried to do over the last sev several years of kind of like coming back to myself is like I have to make conscious space for that. And I guess that's why I write because it helps me to look within, but it's like an active practice. Like I'm like moving energy. Um, so I love meditating and I love creating that space for myself, but I've always found writing to be for me the way to make that space. And somehow it's like less scary. <laughs> it's just less scary. And certainly sharing my writing has helped me feel less alone. And I think I can isolate myself very easily, and it's, I think, why I choose to live in a city. Um, I'm very introverted, and if I'm not feeling well, I can really kind of isolate, which I think is natural, you know, animals isolate themselves to heal, and, but, why am I saying this? <laughs> I found a lot of healing in keeping my connections open. Well, I guess in the city, like, I imagine in London you're able to connect to plants in some way. So for me, finding plants, and I found them like in the middle of this healing journey that I was on, um, and I found them in a city, and then the, like they told me to move to another city <laughs> to study plant, you know, spirit medicine. So I've always kind of been guided to cities. So I think that you don't have to go into isolation to do this work. I think it's just making the space for it and having the courage to go there. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the plants, um, there's another section of your book, it's, it's just two very short paragraphs I'll just quickly read to you. Well, we'll read, not quickly. Yarrow is an ancient plant revered for having both the strength and sensitivity, a certain kind of wisdom that honors boundaries while offering space for feelings to flow. From Yarrow, I've learned that to be sensitive is not to be lacking in strength. If anything, being sensitive guides us towards our own greatest ability to show up in the world as rooted, strong, and compassionate beings. In learning to know my sensitivity as a path towards healing, as an oracle unto the magic of connection, I've come to know the importance of replenishing the well within. So you, talk, you talked about plants, and maybe I didn't actually mention that in, uh, in the, the brief intro or the intro that I gave. The, the plants told you, what does what does that what does that mean? I'm, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'm, I don't wish to be facetious or you know questioning this pedantic way because no. you know I feel that too. For someone listening, sure. What <laughs> do, what does that what does that mean? The plants told you the developing this relationship because we hear time and time again you know to be in nature, to to go and immerse ourselves in nature, and certainly in London you, you can do that. There's there's parks. To, to go and do that in it doesn't always feel like you're immersed in nature but mm -hmm. but maybe briefly mm -hmm. so maybe you could i know talk to that somehow <laughs> yeah well i can just tell you so i was a photographer and i studied photography in college 
and that never really felt super aligned but it definitely taught me how to see the world and it brought me closer to the world I think um, because I was spending just a lot of time looking <laughs> and then I more and more was inspired to be in nature doing those things so um, I moved back to California briefly I had moved away and I moved back and I didn't really know what I was doing and I was kind of applying for a lot of art jobs, museum jobs and nothing was aligning and I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to like go to a place because I was really like depressed about it. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> or where to go. And so I would just go to this, the botanical, native botanical gardens in Tolden Park in Berkeley and I like bring my camera to be like, look, I'm doing something. But like, yeah, over time. And I was like, just kind of like looking through my lens at the plants. And I always felt really kind of held in that space. It was a beautiful space. And I would just kind of like sit and meditate or like just sit quietly with the plants. And I just felt free, to be honest. Like, I didn't really think about it as like, oh, I'm sitting with the plants and the plants are making me feel free. You know, I was just like, this feels good. And I just remember one time I was sitting there and I don't remember what plant it was, but it was very clear to me that this message came from being in connection to the plant, the landscape. And it was like, you need to do something with the plants. And it wasn't like the voice of a plant. It was just like my own voice, but it was just like this very clear message and I knew I just knew that it came from that act of sitting quietly with the plants so I did immediately <laughs> I bought a ticket back to Boston because it was clear that I needed to go back I'm from Boston that's like where my roots are my family are there's a lot of plant people in my family so I feel like that's where I had to go but as soon as I got there I got this job like immediately at a wellness shop and there was a big bulk herb section and I was like that I want to like learn that whatever that is I want to do that and so and then like kind of not long after I started working there I one of my friends who worked there too started taking a plant spirit medicine course and I was like I want to do that so I signed up and it really was like it was just like my intuition kind of guided me there and the plants opened me to that to my intuition and so I don't think I recognized that in the beginning but the more I worked the way we worked with plant plants in my class was we would just sit in circle and sip tea and just kind of experience what happened and then we would write about it and share and often the sharing a lot of the same experiences would come up also people had like crazy wild like dreamlike experiences too and I was like whoa I want to be able to do that <laughs> but so they really do I just have found the plants have they really do unlock help us to unlock these I call them intuitive centers just because I think there's like it's just a lot of information that gets released in those places but the plants have helped me to unlock that and it's definitely been over time many many years of consistently working with them um, do you have different plants for different like uh, I don't know if things time of day yeah moods yeah the seasons yeah, yeah definitely I mean um, yes <laughs> <laughs> all of the above <laughs> I tend to work with a small amount of plants at one time because I like to have a relationship with them I think the way that I started working plants was like a very intimate experience with one plant and I learned that way so I mean when I was in herb school I was like whoa the plants and I was just like <laughs> taking lots and lots of plants I'm a very well, I've also learned that I'm like incredibly sensitive some people are dying like uh guided to take like 30 drops I take five you know it's like you really don't need a lot to work with the plants so I try to work consciously one two or three plants at a time but um, I, I can just tell you I'm working with Tulsi right now which is a plant I'm uh, working with to find calm peace in my present moment all the time <laughs> how do you work with them yeah I just drink tea I drink tea, which and is beautiful, and I love it. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, we're from England, so we've drunk a lot of tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then what What happens? You drink the tea, 
post. I also like have a Tulsi plant in my kitchen. And I think maybe other plant people will say this when you start or anyone who has kind of opened their world to working with plants on a consistent basis. When you start working with a plant, it kind of shows up everywhere. You're like at the plant nursery and you're like, oh my God, there's a Tulsi plant here. Like no one, I've never seen a Tulsi plant at a plant nursery. (laughs) So it's just like, they kind of start finding you. But um, I tried to drink it like I would in my plant class. So in like a quiet setting, but not always. Sometimes I just like drink it and then write. And I think it's more about the consistency of using it and using them with intention. Yeah. You know, like I want this plant to open up something within me or I want to form a deeper connection with this plant or I'd like to know more about what this plant has to offer. Because um, I really do think everyone has access to this. I don't think that it's just for like sensitive people or, you know, I, mm-hmm. I really do think everyone has access to, to, to plant connection, earth connection. So... But yeah, and I guess you know you develop the sensitivity over time as well, right? Yeah, you kind of like everyone has it, but they have to be willing to. You have to. I think like I think like you've said, it's really easy to distract ourselves. We can. It's just like so easy to do. So I think it's almost harder to make space for that openness, and so it's like you have to like consciously choose to do it. Um, but, but yeah, I think you become, I don't think you like become more, I think you just open up these things that are already inherently inside of you. Right. Like it's just already there and you're just like remembering them. And I feel like the earth is such a clear path back to that remembering. Yeah. And I found that to be true. And, um. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> what happens when you go into the middle of a forest? <laughs> when I go into For the you personally. <laughs> sometimes I feel really overwhelmed. Like I need to lay down and get <laughs> out. <laughs> it depends on the, I think it depends on the forest. But I've been having this, I had it in New England a lot actually. Like we went on this field trip for class and we went on like a forest walk. It was like, it wasn't that, I mean it was wild, but it was like kind of a public place. And I like got really dizzy and I felt like I had to lay down. Like that happens to me kind of a lot. And I think there's just a lot of energy there and I'm not always ready to hold or receive it. But I spent years learning the language of the plants by being in the forest in New England where my parents live. They have like a wooded land behind their house and I became best friends with the white pine trees that live there when I moved I went and I cried and I was like I have to leave and they were like you have everything you need we'll always be with you like go off go forward you know so a lot of times I feel very ground like ground you know grounded immediately as soon as I go into the forest and curious because I want to know about all the plants that are like the tiny plants on the floor that are living there and but the trees are such old wise beings so I do often feel just very held being in the forest it sounds like they create the environment I'm a guy, so I tend to see things very logically. (laughs) (laughs) I see things logically, too. (laughs) Maybe a bit too much. That's me, not you. Um, It sounds like they create the environment which then allows the the healing to take place or the deep reflections to take place. (laughs) That's the garbage truck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That allow the healings or the deep reflections to take place, which then maybe, do they then inform how you then practice... I mean, I suppose that is self-care anyway, just giving yourself that time to to understand that. Yeah, and I think part of the self-care is recognizing too that when I go into the woods or any situation and I feel that sense of overwhelm or inability to hold the energy there, um, that perhaps I don't have um, my boundaries in place. Like I don't have like, 
like I can't hold everything you know so even in with the plants like I need boundaries I can't just like even with the plants you need boundaries yeah I think so and I think plants will teach us that I mean there's plants like rose that and hawthorn that have thorns you know where they, you know you can't go too close or you have <laughs> sorry um you know where there's this already kind of like you have to respect the plant and move cautiously and you know i think of other plants that kind of like you know to (laughs) think this is a plant that's been coming up so like ayahuasca it's like a plant you need to be invited to use it's not something you just carelessly take and so it's very much the opposite <laughs> as in the general the general perception everyone seems to be talking about it everyone well, takes right, it everyone yeah. <laughs> forces themselves into taking it you know well we don't have to go into that conversation <laughs> but a plant like that i think it's it from my perspective and how i've learned about plant medicine it's to be deeply respected and honored and when you misuse it it can take you to places maybe that you're not ready for or don't have the tools to navigate um but anyway (laughs) boundaries (laughs) it's it's interesting to hear that i never ever contemplated that being like that it makes me think have you read uh siddhartha by herman hesse yeah not in a while though where he talks about you know is a seeker you know the, the main character the main character siddhartha is a seeker and spends his lifetime traveling i guess what would have been india in the book but you know traveling around and meets buddha and continually seeking continually seeking and eventually he early in his life he crosses the, a river and eventually finds his way back to the river and the river gives him all the answers that he's ever been been asking he just needed to sit with the river and not continue to seek you know it gave him what he needed when he needed it as opposed to gave him what he wanted when he wanted it yeah <laughs> yes so I think, yes, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is what I have learned, <laughs> is that sometimes what we are searching for, uh, all of the time maybe, what we're searching for is already within us or in our life. And it's just giving ourselves the space to open ourselves to that wisdom that is already there. I mean, that's what I've learned. I learn that every single day. Every single day I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then like, it unfolds, <laughs> you know? Everything I need is kind of already here within me and my life and I don't need anything else. But um, yeah, oftentimes like I'll go into the woods ready to like, I'm going to hike and like, go really far you know like do all these things and what i really need to do is just sit there and come back to myself and the woods kind of op- offer you that opportunity the plants do so how do, how do you choose the plants that you want to work with they choose me <laughs> okay <laughs> they choose me <laughs> often um sometimes it's because like of a real physical symptom that i have but usually even then the plants have kind of like a plant that I've been working with for a long time will end up being used for that symptom. Um, and you would see a, you would know what plant to use for that symptom? Yeah, I do have a book that I, uh, books are, can be really helpful too if you're like, oh, I have this symptom or I'm thinking of, I wanna like expand my intuition. Like I do use books sometimes for that, but Often, and maybe it's from working with the plants for a long time, they do come into my consciousness. Um, And so I try to let myself be open to those things instead of, um, I have a lot of fear (laughs) every single day. (laughs) And so that's something I'm always working with is doing, being alive and here and doing my work even with fear. And I try to be very conscious of that when I'm having physical symptoms. So I've lived with chronic illness for a very long time and it was a mystery for a very long time. And I've kind of had some clarity on it recently and it hasn't really changed much. I was kind of like, yay, I'm like gonna 
be a new person and like nope I still have to show up every day not knowing and um finding the courage to be here so all of that to say with the plants when I'm I, I tried to stay open instead of being like well this plant is used for this thing so I should use this plant I try to be like okay if this plant is used for this thing I kind of like sit you can call it meditation but I kind of just like sit and f- see what that feels like in my body before I just start using something mm. because I think our bodies are very receptive and a lot of times my body is like no <laughs> like I don't want to use that plant even if it's for that you know and that can be true of any like food or exercise or your friends. <laughs> like, how do you feel? You know, I think there is a lot of truth in that. And then it's deciphering like, do I feel this way because I'm afraid or because it's my intuition? So that's kind of where I'm at right now. What's the fine line between uh, <laughs> realizing it's your intuition and <laughs> I don't know pure madness going on in the brain? <laughs> I think it. I don't totally know, but for me, it's like how my body's reacting, I guess. If I'm like totally closing down and shutting down, it's probably fear. If I'm like running away, (laughs) that's fear. Right. If it's like, wow, this feels like a big thing that I need to move through. And it might be scary. You know, I think there's like a difference. I tend to run away from fear more so than my intuition yeah where to start then where, where would one start <laughs> one one listens to uh this podcast or you know have this conversation with your podcast i'm like mm-hmm. okay i would like to plants. start <laughs> yeah plants where yeah does, well i think where does where yeah where do you begin <laughs> <laughs> i think just walking outside and paying attention to the plants that are growing around you is a good place to start because A lot of herbalists say that the plants we need grow right outside of our door. You know, they grow where we are. Um, I think that's very true of a lot of like the weeds that grow around us are really good for like digestion and removing toxins from the body. And like we need those things. (laughs) Everyone needs those things, you know. So I think just stepping outside and spending time with the plant even if it's just like every day you just step outside and you look at a plant that you like I think or that you notice and just like noticing it every single day I do think you will start to form a relationship with the plant and then probably from there with more plants around you but I think just right where you live you don't have to go anywhere I mean you could talk to your house plant I do yeah I mean, houseplants have the same, it's the same thing as going out into, I mean, it's not the same thing, but the energy exchange is the same. It's Mm. possible to have that exchange with your houseplant. So yeah, even just, you know, my houseplants like music, (laughs) like playing music for your plants and noticing how that changes there. Like I have this orchid right up here. It's by the speaker and like the flower. I cut the stems. I thought I was supposed to do that. I'm not sure. But the leaves are like, they love the music. I'm convinced that they're growing like that because of the music. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, towards the speaker. So I've healed plants by playing them jazz. (laughs) So I think it's just like noticing these things that there's like life happening (laughs) all around us all the time sounds like slowing down to to notice yeah i mean you can (laughs) i've tried to work around that (laughs) (laughs) like i had to slow down my body made me slow down so that was my you know that was my initiation into self-care was like i had to it was how i was gonna i mean not sound dramatic but survive and do the work that i wanted to do and be in the world in the way that i wanted to be in the world i had to like slow down and there was no time frame for that I'm still doing it you know um but yeah that's that's the way I think Mm. slowing down and opening our senses a little bit more and I get as distracted as everyone else (laughs) every day (laughs) it's like we just have this these things now that are tools and I mean they've connected us you know beautiful things that we also have to be conscious of and aware of that need boundaries so like the plants like the plants yeah 
too much of anything. Even the plants can be dis not distracting, but hard for our bodies to yeah. assimilate. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm thinking about um, the term self-care mm. and uh, how in vogue it is. <laughs> it's in vogue. I mean, it's not a terrible thing to be in vogue. No, no, it's not. <laughs> and I suppose that, you know, that where, where my brain goes to is um, the lip service it gets paid. Or perhaps not even the lip service, but uh, the lip service combined with a like a a, a short term <laughs> short term solution with it. Yep, I'm gonna have self care. I'm gonna give myself 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take a quick nap. Yeah. I'm gonna have a bath this one on Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> Those things are good, <laughs> necessary things. Not knocking them, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know how actually um, how it it could should be in our lives at all times, mm. and the lip services to kind of schedule it in for uh mm. for, for you know like okay i've got i'll finish work and then i've got 15 minutes to do that or you know yeah i think it's a very personal thing also i have a hard time seeing it as kind of like this general like if you do these things you're taking care of yourself and i don't necessarily think that's true because i think it has a lot to do with presence and also like knowing yourself on a really deep level of like what do you truly need to be here and to be well and you know that's going to be different for everyone and so I think the way it's talked about so much you know I do think it brings an awareness to people who might like never even think about taking care of themselves or that like some of the things that they do are actually taking care of themselves, you know? But, um, I feel like I was gonna say something else. But I do think it comes down, I just think it's a very personal thing. <laughs> I just don't know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, of course it, it must be because, um, everyone needs like you say everyone needs something different so if everyone was prescribed <laughs> the same self-care routine then it's, it's perhaps being in the city needs you need something different than being out in the wilderness yeah and i think too you know the way that it came into my life was that i was going to the doctor and being told i don't know like i don't know and i knew something in me there was something wrong not right something that needed healing or attention and I just kept getting told like I don't there's nothing wrong with you we don't know it's all in your head for like 20 years and so then I was like I feel terrible like I feel terrible and I need to do something else and I can't even remember how self-care came into my life totally but it was really f as a way of like survive like I was not well and I needed to feel better and so I had to figure out how to do that at first on my own and that did come through like well how are other people doing this you know but then I really had to look within myself to be like okay are these things aligned for me and what do I need personally so I kind of try to s look at self-care from that perspective as much as I can and not feel shame or guilt around what it is that I need to take care of myself or how much time I need to do that. Um, I don't know. I've made a lot of spaciousness in my life out of necessity, and it has come with letting go of a lot of other things. And I don't know that everyone else, you know, other people might not be able to do that. So their self-care is going to look different. Shame and guilt, you just mentioned, is an interesting one. Because it, it, I can easily see how um, it, some people could see it as self-indulgent mm. to give themselves time to do whatever they need to do, particularly if you have a, a, fam a busy family life, let's mm -hmm. say. Let's say you have like 
three kids <laughs> taking a few hours out a day to to look after yourself i can see why that would feel people would feel guilty and even actually being a single man with no kids <laughs> yeah I, I can feel a sense of guilt to just kind of turn my phone off and and take a day to do whatever i need to do and maybe it's shame but maybe it's just the, the anxiousness or the anxiety of like missing something mm, yeah and so therefore sacrificing that that period of time or that space so i don't miss something that doesn't ever that's not even there you know yeah i do know that (laughs) (laughs) we live in a society you know i think that's kind of like built into our society and i think even on like even on the internet we kind of like want to present ourselves as that we have everything together and we have everything we need and we're doing all this self-care all the time um but i don't know i find that when when i take care of myself and i just do turn off my phone or don't work for a day which is terrifying sometimes you know it's like it liberates me to reconnect with what i'm doing in a different way like i just feel like i have the capacity to do my work better if i just take that time and space for myself i think it was yeah i mean i always have anxiety of it but the more I do it the more I feel so much better and I feel so much clearer and like other things present themselves like I'm a creative person if I don't I can't just like work all the time there's no space for my inspiration (laughs) or creativity I mean everyone's creative and I think that inspiration serves everyone and so I do think we live in a world where it maybe is vulnerable to take space for ourselves but I think it's necessary if we want to continue to do the work that we're doing. Mm. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I agree. We, we actually had a, a conversation the other day with someone where it was about being in you know, a stress state versus a relaxed state. And creativity doesn't come from these stress states. It comes from the relaxed state, which just makes me then think you know, spending time with the plants allows you to go inwards and to, to have that space, which then creates an environment for you to be creative or for creativity to come out in whichever way it does, whether that's writing or painting or... Yeah. Even just resting... Yeah. ...is, I mean, you know, I think that's... I wish lazy did not exist. I wish that word didn't exist (laughs) because it's, like, such a negative way to see rest. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we need rest. Our bodies literally cannot function (laughs) without rest um and we live in a world that is like so the energy is so heightened our nervous systems are like literally activated all the time and we see you know there's like i feel like illnesses born from that there's like so much happening to our bodies collectively because our nervous systems are activated all of the time i mean if i struggle with this when i like sit down to rest and i feel like how dare I, (laughs) I'm not allowed to do that. And I pick up my phone, I'm like, I feel worse. Like I get a headache and I don't feel well. I haven't rested. So um, yeah, I don't, it just, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) Do you have anything to ask? It's just been real. I was just thinking about how quiet I've been and how it was just lovely to watch you two talk about, (laughs) to talk about the book. Um. like look at my cat she's like so good at resting <laughs> I love having her here because she you know she's well, instinctual well, <laughs> yeah just uh, my, my dog Rocky he's we do anything sleep. no I'm gonna sleep yeah. then <laughs> there's like a quote somewhere that I've seen online and I'm gonna I don't know the whole quote and I don't know who says it so I'll have to look it up <laughs> something about I wish I could remember where it came from, about, like, we need to take more inspiration from the beasts and the babies. Yeah. (laughs) I'll look it up and, like, get you the real quote. But I think it's true, and I think that, you know, the plants fit in with that, and, like, we need to pay more attention to these instinctual beings. Yeah. Because we are them. (laughs) Yeah. 
We are. And I know that from my experience, our bodies will continue to remind us of that. And I think the more that, you know, we can um, listen and treat ourselves gently and with kindness, our bodies are going to be receptive to that. Um, And, you know, I don't, you know, you get colds and like, but chronic illness, I don't think really, I think it evolves over a long period of time. So I just think of like, okay, well, if it took that long for me to get sick and I was doing these things unconsciously for that long, opposed to my hand, <laughs> um, like it's going to take a long time for me to heal and to like show up for myself every single day with kindness. Like what is that? How is that going to shift my, you know, organs and (laughs) nervous system and like how my body functions so yeah I just think it's necessary and anything that can remind us of that it's like more I want more of that in my life (laughs) more plants more friends who you know see me for who I am and let me be who I am you know a partner who loves me as I am even when yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Everyone knows that one. <laughs> but yeah, so I just want to surround myself with these reminders as much as possible. And that's why I'm grateful for people like you who do this work and who share it on a larger scale. I think sometimes it's hard to know if it's reaching, at least in my experience, I'm like, I don't know who my work is reaching, but I do have these reminders. Um, and even if it's like one person that's feels really important and because we're all connected and, you know, so thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, it's a real course. pleasure to, yeah. to get to come and spend some time with you and chat. How do people find you? Oh, oh yeah. Thank you. I know you just go on to, you go on to Google, but yeah, the internet. Um, well, so my name is Mary Beth Helen and Mary Beth is M-A-R-I-B-E-T-H. And I have a website, marybethhelen.com and an Instagram at Mary Beth Helen. <laughs> Those are the best places. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs>